1: This is the D Rays Bay Playoff Podcast (laughs) series. ALCS. Game seven. Instant reaction. The Rays are American (laughs) League champions. They're headed to the World Series. We've got a full house. So, Danny, I mean, Danny, just introduce everybody. All right. All right. Go for it. Brett
2: Rutherford, thank you so much for introducing us. We have on the pod today Ian Malinowski, Darby Robinson, Jim Turvey, Brian Menendez, Matt Hello. Rayburn, Jared Ward, Brad Naveau, JT Morgan, Jamal Wilberg. It is a great day to be a Tampa Bay Rays fan. Let's go. Yes, sir.
1: Uh, uh, go. Guys, 4-2 uh, to two victory. Got a little interesting. Like I said earlier, it wouldn't be a Rays-Astros ALCS game if the tying run wasn't at the plate in the ninth inning. Pete Fairbanks closes it out. And Charlie Morton, we got to talk about Charlie effin' Morton. Who else <laughs> would you want on the mound in this situation? He's the guy, He's the he's got the highest salary in Rays franchise history. Tonight he showed why that is. Pitching in one of the biggest games in franchise history. One of his best outings in a Rays uniform, if you ask me. Um, but Darby, Charlie Morton, what do you think?
3: I mean, he's, this is why you sign Charlie Morton. This is why you saved Charlie Morton for game seven. This is, he is maybe one of the best big game pitchers in modern baseball. And that's not even a hyperbole. I mean, he is right up there. You know, we talk about Madison Bumgarner as like one of those like all like absolute all time playoff performers. We talk about Kurt Schilling and Randy Johnson. Like Charlie Morton is right up there game Mm, sevens he's never lost a clinching game like this is like he is four and oh in clinching in these elimination do or die games that's the highest pressure and today if you looked at him if you watched his performance one he was amazing two he just looks like he's going like shopping for groceries he's just like
4: broke his own record
3: absolute calmest guy like it's
2: amazing like he is Charlie Morton, incredible dealing 97 miles an hour. It only takes him 11 pitches to get through the first inning, including a strikeout of Correa, 23 pitches through the second inning, 30 pitches to get through three. His cutter was on when he was dealing against left-handed hitters. He had fantastic movement on his sinker by the fourth inning. He was only at 43 pitches, including another strikeout of Correa, which included a three pitch sequence of sinker split change, four seam fastball, that you cannot touch breaking out the force seam out of nowhere as an FU through the fifth inning he was at 49 pitches and he gets lifted after 66 because of a walk and now tuve getting a stupid two out infield hit turning the ball over to anderson rightfully so but charlie freaking morton was on mm-hmm. yeah he, he was on the on.
3: game on the game he pitched five and two-thirds innings two hits one walk six k's and and most of that he did not raise a sweat. This was shoving to the max, and that was what was needed, right? We we talked about they needed Charlie Morton to come out and give us a, a good clean for top of the first inning, right? The Rays had all the pressure, right? There's all this like oh the the collapse, the the three and O to now to game seven, and blah 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 all the emotions. Blah. Charlie Morton came out and was like I don't I don't care and just like mowed him down, and then bottom of the inning. The Rays get on the board, and suddenly it was off to the races. I've got to it's talk about. Like, Kevin it's almost cash.
5: like Charlie Morton didn't even know that the Rays had lost the last three games. He just came out <laughs> there as if it was just any other day. He was completely as advertised, and I know he has like that flex option next year. But the Rays should just give him the full fifteen million dollars after tonight. They should just 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 do it.
6: Right uh, now, just be- <laughs> yeah, just, just give
5: him the whole thing right now. And and I would say, like, Charlie Morton, he's doing all of this as what he's 36 years old, he's doing this as a 36 years old. I, I think that Charlie Morton not only has been fantastic today and last year, and even the last two years before that, but I think he could also be like one of the great, like what could have been stories. I know the first part of his career, like he dealt with a lot of injuries. Um, then he went through a lot of teams that were trying to make him be the type of pitcher that he wasn't what could his career arc have been, had he been this type of pitcher? We're getting outside the scope of this game, but it's just, it's just an interesting thought exercise. But it's a fair point.
2: Well, Brian, we should note that Charlie Morton picked his place. He said, I want to go to the Tampa Bay Rays. And he worked out a contract that worked for them. When the pandemic hit, he renegotiated his option year to fit the awkward year of 2020. Charlie Morton wanted to pitch for the Tampa Bay Rays. He was signed for this moment, as Darby was just saying. Heck, last year, we knew what he was signed for when he pitched in the wild card series. And then this year, game seven was his, and he locked that sucker down.
1: We got to talk about so Kevin weird. Cash real quick. No, go ahead, Jamal.
7: Yeah, and I think it ties into Cash a bit, but the, to me, the weird thing is everyone kept talking about the pressure for the race for blowing the 3 0 lead, but. The weird thing to me after game six, the pressure shifted to the Astros. You're the team that's been there before. You're the mm-hmm. team that now mm-hmm. has just won three games straight to lose one. And when you just look at the game plan that Cash put together, just straight Cash homie just came through and had <laughs> everything lined up. And whether you first guess it, second guess it, third guess it, just Kevin Cash and the Rays pulled it off. And they looked calm the whole game. And the Astros mm-hmm. looked pressed from the
4: beginning. Well, yeah. and, and- – we we were debating it as it was happening, but I do think that, that pulling Charlie right there, as good as he looked, is even more credit. The, 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 he, he had a plan, like you said. He, he stuck with it, and perfection again from Cash.
1: Yeah, I mean, that, that's the decision. Kevin uh, Kevin Cash pulling Charlie Morton in the sixth inning when he was cruising. I mean, I think that's, that's the right word. Got into a little trouble in the sixth, but the pitch count was still extremely low for that part of the ballgame. Brings in Nick Anderson, who was the Rays' best pitcher this season. Uh, goes back, it reminds me a lot of the decision to pull Charlie Morton in the fifth inning last season against the Boston Red Sox. Oh, there might have been two seasons ago, honest. No, it was last season because that was Charlie Morton's first year. Um, and they bring in Adam Kaleric who gives up a three-run home run, to Andrew Benintendi. And the storyline was Kevin Cash has lost the Rays' locker room, which, I mean, if you follow the team more closely than whoever was writing those headlines, you know that that just wasn't true. And Kevin Cash, he's, he's been on the job now for, for five full seasons. He's probably going to win manager of the year this, this season. And I, and I just saw him on my TV, you know, accepting the American League Championship trophy. And he did it by sticking to the way that the Rays got here. By, and Darby talks about it all the time. Process over results. Polling Charlie Morton had to be one of the hardest decisions that Kevin Cash, if not the hardest decision that Kevin Cash has ever made in his managerial career, and we are so lucky, and people, part of the Rays organization, and people that cheer for this team and cover this team are so lucky that they have Kevin Cash there to make that decision in that moment. Ian?
8: Yeah, and what I really love about this is that the Rays go to the World Series, in a way, that forces everyone who hasn't been following the Rays to understand what the Rays are. Um, mm-hmm. um, you, have to, you have to look at this decision and you have to think about it because it's weird. Um, and and what, what Kevin Cash is working under is there is really good, really buttoned up research out there that shows managers are not good at knowing when to pull a pitcher. Um, they look at the pitcher going Um, and they they think they see when he's dealing they think they see they see when he's struggling and the results don't back up the fact that they know what they're doing so kevin cash knows that research the rays knows that the rays know the research kevin cash um listens and and he he hears you kevin cash don't know when to pull a picture when you're looking at him so you (laughs) He manages by what the plan was beforehand, what he knew the best matchups were, 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 were beforehand. You you make as many decisions as you can ahead of time, and then you stick by those decisions. and that and that, that's what the rays are. And, and and everyone watching around the country has to see that right now.
1: Definitely. Definitely. What a move. And then to get, you know, those outs from from Anderson turn over to Pete Fairbanks. Incredible stuff. And and we could go on all night about the pitching. Uh, but it wouldn't be an instant reaction podcast if we weren't talking about a randy Eraser, a randy rosarena home run and we talk about tone setting a lot on this show too in the first inning after losing three straight games for randy rosarena to hit that home wait, wait, run. Wait, you need you need to use
2: his title you need to use his proper title brett
1: the cuban mookie that's
2: um, no american league championship series mvp
1: randy rosarena Yes, which he is right rightfully so but but coming up and hitting that home run absolutely massive
9: i thought you were going to say his real title is rakes all night day day (laughs) year
1: i mean what what a guy and and, and the true mvp and he he broke evan longoria's rookie postseason home run record he's one home run away from tying the all-time single season postseason home run record I, like I said, it he could end up having one of the best postseason offensive performances of all time. He already has. He could end up having be at the top of that list by the time the World Series is over. Anybody got thoughts on Randy Rosarena? He's just too good. He's too good for words.
6: <laughs> and it's and it's how how can you talk about something that we've we've talked about already? Like he was an absolute absolute beast. Um, you know, and just like I said, set that tone from the beginning. With the two-run home run, finally we got a home run with with people on. Oh, with somebody on the base instead of relying on the solo home runs. But what's what can we say that hasn't already been said? One hundred thousand percent deserving of the ALCS MVP. We love you, Randy.
5: Um, he one just... of, one of our colleagues, Ashley McLennan, she tweeted out probably one of the best tweets of the night. She simply said, "Do we deserve Randy or Rosarena? I mean, guys,
2: do we? Yeah.
7: <laughs> no, I don't he, think he... so." he makes me miss fans being in attendance because when he's just so electrifying and I'm going to use some broken English here, but when a Rose arena is there, the arena would have a rose. And that's just exactly <laughs> it. How, it, it. <laughs> how it would be when he hits the ball, the power, the energy, everything there fans out their seats. It's going to be amazing to see him back in the trop, you know, next season It's to see him with people or even in Texas, when there are going to be people in the seats.
1: Yeah, I mean, incredible. And, and you look, going back to the offseason, everyone was saying the Rays need to find a right-handed power bat. Who's he going to be? And Hunter Renfro seemed to be like the the obvious you know, person to slot in there. And Hunter Renfro has provided some huge at-bats for the Rays. But Jim and I have talked about it. Literally back on like the first episode of, of Raise Your Voice, uh, Randy Rosarena is a guy that would have been an opening day starter for a lot, a lot of big league teams. Didn't even break camp with the Rays. And I know he was dealing with COVID stuff. Uh, a COVID positive test, but the fact that he came, comes in so late in the season hits as well as he does carries that into October and I know he's got some experience, but he's still a rookie that is, I mean, it's magical. It's, um, it's just, you can't write a script better than that. And, uh, yeah, it's been incredible. Let's talk about Mike Zanino. Great defense comes up with another mammoth home run tonight. I know a Rosa was the shoe in MVP. But if there's anyone that's a close second, for me, for my money, it's Mike Zanino. With, this, with the performances he put in behind the plate, minus maybe one game, and some of the, the big-time home runs that he, that he put up and the timely hits, Mike Zanino was absolutely incredible
2: this this series. Randy's home run felt great, just thinking back to it again, because, you know, he throws the helmet off as he's rounding first base. <laughs> uh, it, so a helmet flip, perhaps. Uh, it's 107 miles an hour off the bat. It's 416 feet. Zanino hit a video game home run. He hit that sucker and he did the slow walk and the bat toss, right? <laughs> it wasn't just like a normal bat flip as you're running. He walked to first base <laughs> 108.2 miles per hour off the bat, 430 feet. I mean, uh, it's before the Marine layer sets in, right? We're glad that the Rays got their home runs out of the way before <laughs> that. that light hitting uh, catcher. That light hitting catcher right there. Oh my gosh. Zanino knew exactly what
3: he had done. Well and, and and like you mentioned the marine layer the second the second like later in the game when Zuniño added on the sacrifice fly which turned out to be a huge huge run in the game giving that the rays that extra bit of breathing room uh he hit a mammoth shot he hit it hard it was just a little too high and it completely and it just, robbed it, yes. it just got sucked down by the, the the really warm uh marine layer air that just kind of gets it nice and dense and like knocks it down which is very helpful in a game when you're facing the Astros as well you want to start limiting those runs but uh yeah Z played an amazing series if you're if you've been watching the Braves right we you've seen one of the Rays catchers from last year Travis darno absolutely break mm. he's been Score crushing it.
2: subject
3: he's been crushing it right okay and but Every time Travis Darno comes up with a big hit for the Braves, then the Rays come on and Mike Zunino is coming up with a big play. Like it has not been, it's been one of the weirdest things because like, you know, during the regular seasons, Zunino you know, has been injured a lot during his Rays time and it's been kind of unfortunate. But Mike Zunino has come through either with big hits or the amazing defense. Like that is, you cannot, cannot discount this. The home runs are great. The offense is great, right? That's all big. And he came through big in the ninth, but the defense and the way he worked with this, these pitchers, it is incredible. And he deserves so much credit for that.
9: Yeah. Yeah. Just being able to block all those balls behind the plate all the time, just that solid defense, even if he bat, you know, even if he doesn't bring anything with the bat, I think there's a lot of value there, but you know, running into a dinger here and there, I mean, that just makes it all better, but let's jump back to the arose arena dinger in that first inning did anybody else feel like we were going to start this game down 1-0 just because of all of the Astros solo home runs in the first inning I felt like throughout the series it was just a given we were going to see an Altuve home run in the first inning and then all of a sudden we come out with our own you know we start the game 2-0 are you serious that felt so good that I mean I felt like the game was over at that point I felt like we were going to the World Series in the first inning.
1: Yeah, I'd be talking lying. Changing sorry, ahead.
9: talking about changing the narrative. I say that in quotations, by the way. <laughs> Absolutely.
10: Tone, tone, tone from the beginning. What we always talk about, there's you know, Cash made it look like he this was his plan all along. Morton came out and did what only Morton could do. Uh obviously a resume. We already talked about him. I have my altar still. Uh, brought him two Cuban sandwiches today in my mind and, and, and prayed to the gods for our to continue his streak, and he did. But I have to bring Choi into the mix as well. We just haven't mentioned his name yet. Choi's always mm. my boy, but I think he is such a good tone setter. I mean, every time he went up there, he got on base or did something amazing, but he did the same work that he always does on defense as well. Splits everywhere, catching the ball uh, that shouldn't have been caught. And uh, it's just exactly what you said. It was complete shift uh from what we've seen in the last three games
5: who who was it that said that uh g-man Choi was the best defender on the Rays? oh that oh, that was me sorry danny go ahead <laughs>
2: oh, okay brian you you toot that horn uh i you know you know even a bigger compliment is uh the speeches are done being given on the field and the players are now presented with the american league championship trophy and uh tyler glass now and blake snell come to the front they together lift up the trophy the the rest of the players cheer, and they walk it into the crowd to give it to one player. Who is the player that Snell and Glass now present the trophy to? G Choi. Let's go! I love it. I love yes. it.
1: I, I, I mean, I said it. I, I, I kind of jokingly said it earlier this season that G manchoy <laughs> both at the at the local, at the local level and maybe at the national level, is to the face of the franchise and you kind of saw that with how far he went in the uh the hit show's greatest player bracket um but i mean it's really true like when a lot of people when they think of the rays they think of g-man troy it's because of his enthusiasm his charisma and of how well he plays the game of baseball um, but we're talking about defense and i and i say it time and time again willie adonis continues to go unnoticed when he had an incredible play one of the best plays of the series diving to his left, making the stop. I have never seen a shortstop turn around and make a throw that quickly. Uh, to Was it Altuve that he retired? Um, but Oh, it was Bregman.
2: Bregman. It was a Bregman on a hit up the middle, and he did that spinning slide
11: trick. It just shows um, how easy
1: it is to, when you have a shortstop, like Willie Adamas, when those plays go unnoticed. But it was such a huge play in that moment. You already had the lead, and, and, and just to make that play it was was incredible.
8: Ian? Uh, I just have to give, give, give one more shout-out to... Dunino, he um in addition to hitting the home run in, in addition to to blocking balls he owned one and a half inches off the outside of, of the plate today um there is mm. um there's a lot of pitches morton was was living out there um those are often called strikes they don't have to be called strikes um they were today that was that was you know do, doing his thing
1: yeah he, he he was awesome um wow the rays are going to the world series guys first time in <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness I was nine years old. Are you kidding me? You know what's amazing about going to the World
3: Series beyond everything, but the great
2: Brett thing- was your voice that low at nine too, or was <laughs> yeah, like,
3: yeah. <laughs> I just assume you've always been a man uh, made for radio. Yeah,
2: mother, I would like some milk. Sorry, Darby, go right ahead. <laughs> uh,
3: no, it's the we we're talking about Randy Rosarania. We're talking about Willie Adamas. We're talking about Glassnow and Snell. There are so many amazingly talented. And really fun to watch, fun to watch play baseball players on this team. And now going into the world series, right? You're going to get to actually hear more about their story, right? We're going to hear more about Randy. We're going to hear more about Willie. We're going to get to learn to everyone. We'll get to learn to love G man Choi. We're going to get to the, the, the heartbreaker of the nation, Tyler glass. Now, like this is, this is, a team that I'm glad going to the world series, no matter what's going to happen. I want to see these guys get that spotlight. They deserve this spotlight because this is a really fun team with a lot of incredibly talented players that deserve to be, these are future stars, like legitimately future stars. You know, you have fun side characters and, and, you know, amazing fun guys, but there are stars on this team and the world's going to know about it. Darby, Not tonight, but in the World Series, for Darby, sure. Darby,
5: are you saying that this team has a good aesthetic? Because that goes against them. <laughs> <Error. laughs> if
3: you're basing it on aesthetics, I would say good. I, yeah. I just
5: don't
6: I, – I don't even understand how you even say that with people like Tyler Glasnow and Kevin Kiermaier. I, I, mean, <laughs> I know. I <laughs> Are you Kevin not entertained? Kierma- right. He check out. God
2: bless KK, right? Because uh he takes three consecutive changeups for his first strikeout. And everyone's <laughs> sitting here saying he's not gonna swing, right? And you know who's not saying that as well? We all saw it on the broadcast. Poor Lance mccullers Lance when he McCullers. Got lifted was yelling at Dusty Baker, Kevin Kiermeyer's <laughs>
9: not going
2: to swing. Why are you lifting me now? And then God bless you, KK you swang and struck out in your next two plate appearances and Three. each of those plate appearances if you never lift the bat off your shoulder you take a walk <laughs>
8: I, I, think, I think he takes that walk if mccullers wasn't out there call, calling yeah. him out for not being able to 100 he wanted to show show that he could if, if mcclars just if dusty leaves 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 mcclars in kk leaves the bat on his shoulder
1: <laughs> maybe the rays get another run across who knows but kk i mean didn't, I wasn't entirely sure he was going to be in this game after the injury he suffered earlier this series. The fact that he stepped up, and I know he is somewhat of a divisive character on this in this Rays story um, amongst the fan base, but if you're talking about someone that embodies the, the Rays way and that's been with this team longer than anyone else, it's Kevin Kiermaier. And the fact that he stepped up to play in this game, to play center field, I know he wasn't in the lineup for his bat, but to play center field in a game as big as this, so commendable, and it's it, it's been it's been awesome having Kevin Kiermaier as a part of this run, and uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch him in the World Series. Hopefully, fully healthy.
8: Incomparable.
1: Yeah, definitely in one one hundred percent, Ian. Um, wow some we could talk about every every single man down the lineup.
3: Uh, so right the on, big wow. the next person we need to talk about because it it it's the bi- it's the big choice, right? It was the choice that we were debating in the Slack, it was the choice that was debated on the broadcast, it was the choice debated on Twitter. Charlie Morton pitched 5 and two third innings, had plenty of pitches left if you want to think about that, but to- up to the third time through the order starting to get a little dangerous, not really from his own mistakes. He did walk, but he, you know, it was bad contact and suddenly now things are getting a little stressful kevin cash makes the big decision the the decision that kevin cash will would absolutely stand by no matter what happens because he knows it's the right call but it's it's a call that absolutely will get him you know a lot of heat and it did get him a lot of heat but he calls in nick anderson to take over and to pitch a a lot he came up three times. This was a big Nick Anderson performance. And he he didn't have the best series to this point, but Nick Anderson made up for it today.
12: Absolutely. And I think the important part in this whole decision for cash is you can only make that choice. If you're going to Nick Anderson, Nick Anderson is your number one pitcher back there of all the horses in the stable. He is the guy and you put it on him to win you this game.
2: Mm-hmm. And thinking yeah. about the the hitter who was up, it was Bradley. Bradley, the only Astros hitter to get a hit off of Morton right. until Altuve got that infield single that pushed Morton from the game, right? Uh, and that in and of itself is a fluke. Altuve's only two hits getting on base today were infield hits where the defense had a weird moment it's it's so random in my opinion about Morton even having to get pulled and this conversation even happening at all but Bradley clearly i think the rays assessed that he was the biggest threat in the lineup i think he had shown that this series that he was probably one of the three most formidable hitters and uh i i mean i kind of expected a lefty on lefty matchup i thought maybe they might go to loop loop never stood up as far as I, I saw, right. It was Anderson all the way. And, uh, Josh, you're completely, or JT, whichever you prefer to be when you're, when you're a baseball writer. Um, I love you, JT.
5: Yeah. I think, um, yeah, both of those points are, are really good. I think, I think the key had to be Anderson. Like if you like, you don't, you don't take Charlie Moran out. I agree with the decision for cash to pull him. I think pitch count is an idea that's just widely misunderstood. I think times through the order is a lot more important than pitch count. Um, so I think going third time through, I agree with Cash's decision, like uh, JT said, going straight to Anderson was the key. I think the reason why a lot, of, a lot of times those moves get second guesses is because when you take out Morton, you go to your sixth inning guy, or you go to your seventh inning guy, and that's what would have been the mistake. And if this game went awry, that's what we could have looked on. But I think the fact that they went straight to Nick Anderson if things do go awry, it happens with your best pitcher on the mound in that situation, and that's Nick Anderson.
8: Yeah, um, and and, and, and the, other th- the other thing going into it is that Charlie Morton kills righties. Um, he is solidly above average against lefties, but but it's a very different level Morton against righties than it is is Morton against lefties. Um, Anderson um, Anderson is the only pitcher on this team who has been better, who you would expect to be better against righties than Charlie Morton. He's also, you would expect him to be the best against lefties. Um, so, so like, this is, this is the picture you want in every high pressure situation. Um, and is the picture you wanted handling all of those, those innings afterwards, which, which after, after the, the decision to, to pull Morton, um, uh, Cash rolled Anderson through the lineup as long as, as he could.
0: So, uh, you know, I think Cash made it clear in the elimination game against the Yankees that he was going to bring in Anderson whenever he thought Anderson should be brought in, right? So this didn't surprise me at all. I mean, I think Anderson came in even earlier um, in game five against the Yankees, didn't he? It's like the third inning or something. Dear listener,
2: dive-bombing into the Zoom call, Mr. Lizzie.
0: (laughs) Hey, yeah, no, I I realize I can't sleep, so I might as well hang out with you guys.
1: (laughs) Uh, You're (laughs) welcome. Thank you for hopping on. Um, yeah, But,
0: you know. but I, I did want to, so I was really surprised just, um, tr- you know, looking at Twitter, how many people were just outraged about pulling Morton when he did. And maybe it's just because I've been watching Kevin Cash manage for so many years, I'm like, well, of course, so he has... He has his plan and he figures that this is the best situation, but it seems like the rest of the baseball world felt like some horrible crime was committed against Charlie Morton and, you know, and, and 500 years of baseball history. And I just was wondering, you know, do, do, I mean, are we all just sort of used to that? Or like, why, why are we like to sort of like, sure, that was the right thing. And no one else seems to feel that way. And not just like old fogies, but you know, people whose work I normally admire um, <laughs> seemed really shocked by this.
4: Yeah, I mean, think it's like what Darby said with with this is kind of this is or maybe, I think I think it was Ian was saying that like this was the perfect night to introduce everyone to the Rays the Rays way and the Rays way is not noticing the the pitch count it's the time to the order and it's it uh, it was on full front and center and all those writers who even I'm sure they they pay attention the Rays they they've tweeted out that <laughs> joke like rate, who great trade for the Rays uh, who would they get or whatever they they respect the Rays but they're they're really seeing exactly how they do it, and and it, it amazes them still.
5: Guys, can I can I frame a new school baseball idea with like totally old school baseball rhetoric real quick? Ahead, we bro. talk a lot about defining moments for players. I think that cash pulling Morton in this game and going straight to Anderson was a defining moment for him. I think him sticking to his guns, sticking to the script, sticking to the Rays way, and not caring about Charlie Morton's blinking pattern when he went to the mound was just, you know, was completely 100% on brand Kevin Cash.
3: And this is also, like, compared to yesterday, where Cash had the same decision to make with Snell, got some heat, still, it didn't work out, but it was the right call at the time. And then compare that to Clayton Kershaw. I mean, we a lot of the Clayton Kershaw is bad in October, which is, I think, a really dumb uh, narrative it's a lot of times because his managers are leaving him in one, two, three, four, five batters too long. And the, the, the idea is there. And they're just not, they're not putting him in the right position. And so Charlie yeah. is put in the right position and that it's because we have Kevin cash
1: and I, part I of
7: that with majority, cash.
5: the vast majority of the damage that's been done to Clayton Kershaw on the playoffs has been third time through the order. A lot of people don't realize that yeah. Jamal,
7: I think even, going going beyond that in the game part of that for cash also is sticking with Nick Fair with Pete Fairbank sorry because like i don't I don't know about anyone else but I, I just haven't seen anyone that can make you so nervous the first inning that they're in <laughs> and then just make you so proud the next inning they're in. There's something about him leaving the dugout versus leaving the bullpen that is just so different. I don't know if the carrots are different for the stable, but he just comes in and sets it up so nicely that second time he's in that he's almost lights out.
1: Yeah. Pete Fairbanks. I mean, going back to last July when the Rays acquired Pete Fairbanks, uh, I know that there were, <laughs> I know Danny Russell wouldn't expect Pete Fairbanks to be recording. Yeah, the Danny,
0: last what night. what about that trade? Would you like to comment
1: on trade? Bad
2: process, good results, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: but I've been on the Pete Fairbanks train all season long. It's been a fun ride. Again, like Jamal said, a guy that can make you so nervous at one point and then turn around the next inning and shut it down. And 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 he was incredible. Um, yeah. Hats off to to Pete. Fair- this pleases Pete Fairbanks.
8: <laughs> I, I've been saying saying for a long time that 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 Fairbanks Fairbanks has Fairbanks. Um, Fairbanks has the most incredible um, hard slider in, in the league. I, I don't know if you were paying close attention to to the guns there. He was hitting ninety one on his hard slider with three to four inches of of negative movement. This is insane. This is unheard of. This is this is the best. Hard slider we have seen in in a decade. Um it
5: was, it was twenty nineteen velocity with twenty twenty movement. Yeah. That's what it was.
9: Insane. Can 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 we add in that he was also throwing a hundred mile an hour fastball on top of that. A
2: hundred point mm. four, I believe, is I'm what down. he maxed out at, Brad.
1: I'm I'm curious, and I know we'll never know how hard Tyler Glass now would have thrown his first fastball if he got a chance to come in that game, knowing <laughs> that he might only be facing three batters. Yeah, uh, somebody this one
5: ridiculous two. idea that Glasnow should have came in after Anderson. I don't, yeah, I don't
2: know. <laughs> I think a lot of us were rooting for it, but uh, credit to Pete Fairbanks
3: for locking it down after uh, a lot That was a me, by the runs. way, for anybody
5: listening. But <laughs> and, and this stop. is
3: this is the thing, though, right? With and with this is another cash choice. Like he had Glasnow up, he had him ready. Glasnow is a little different of starters because he was a reliever with the Pittsburgh Pirates. I mean, maybe a lot because Pittsburgh Pirates have. Some really bad pitching process over there, uh, but but he had that experience of getting up and down and up and down and doing that thing. So I think he would have been a of all the guys. Like I think you trust him as a reliever really well in that situation. However, I think in the debate, Pete Fairbanks, as much as he can be stressful, he has the maybe some of the best stuff in that bullpen. You know, you have Anderson, you have Diego, you have. Alvarado but definitely don't want to use him in this one and you have Fairbanks and you have glass now all available of those guys you want to trust a guy like Pete Fairbanks who's rested ready and has got two pitches that are unbelievably unfair to anybody seeing him for like the first time and that's what they did that's what uh, Cash did was he wasn't going to let Anderson or Fairbanks see anybody or or have the Astros I should say see them for a second time now, Anderson gave a one guy for the second time, but that that was it. And then Pete Fairbanks came in, a little shaky, you know, the walk, but he gave up, uh, that's the big key, right, with Correa. That was the potential tying run right there. And he gave up a decent, okay hit, not a super sharp hit, but against the shift, went the other way, got two runs, then Bregman, absolute toast.
1: Anderson so did only face say, nine real, quick,
5: real Real quick, I want to say thank you to Carlos Correa for beating the shift and I'm using air quotes there because it was because of him beating the shift that he handed the bat to the next person right to where <laughs> if he does his usual thing where he swings hard maybe it's a home run and it's a tie game or maybe within one run I'm not remember what the base out situation was but because he beat and this is what this is how I frame not banning the shift is because when a hitter tries to beat the shift and you get him out of his normal approach. You win. Mm -hmm. So the fact that Correa beat the shift again with my air quotes. Thank you, thank you, Carlos Correa, for that. Uh,
2: Unless you're Brandon Lau and you're just dropping a bunt against the shift. (laughs)
1: That was. Let's talk about that for a second. Somebody else. We love bunting for hits. If you whatever it takes to get on base, get on base. That's what we want. And We don't like sacrifice bunts like Martín Maldonado did last night. It ended up working out in that situation, but Brandon Lau. Seeing that, thinking that he could get the bunt down, push it down the third base line, and get to first base, that, w- that was awesome. Yeah,
12: and it and we- proves it doesn't have to even be a good bunt. It was a <laughs> pop-up bunt, and just no one's there, so it's a single. It almost turns into a double.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So,
12: I mean, especially leading off an inning, where getting on base matters a whole lot. It's a play I am definitely okay with.
6: And I think it was unexpected as well. Like none of us were even thinking about it. And all of a sudden he dropped a, well, popped up the bump, but uh, he, he got, he got it down and got on base. And that was probably one of my favorite moments.
2: Yeah. I'm not sure Kevin Cash was called a bunt in his race career.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it probably was really hard to do in that moment too. Um, yeah. Going back to Charlie Morton real quick um, before we can kind of everyone can give their final thoughts and, let all the emotions spill out. But I think we all want to see Charlie Morton go, th- go nine innings and cruise through the Astros and take home, take, you know, have a complete game in game seven of the ALCS. I'm sure Charlie Morton wanted to see that. I'm sure Kevin Cash wanted to see that Kyle Snyder, Mike Zanino, the rest of the race team. But at the end of the day, what they want more than that is they want to win the game. And I might be misquoting Mike Zanino slightly here. So I'll just take, don't, don't take my word. For it, but I think he said that when Cash came out to pull Morton, Morton pretty much kind of thanked him for taking him out and, and putting someone else into that situation. Not because Morton didn't think he could get it done, but he knew that the bullpen—that's what their role was—to get out of situations like this, no matter the inning, no matter what his pitch count was, no matter what the score was, and, that, and that's exactly what they did, and that was awesome.
6: And we and we saw and we talked about this earlier, but we saw uh, Charlie. Morton give Nick Anderson a hug after Nick Anderson got him, got out of that inning uh, when he was pulled, and I just thought that was a, a great sign of how this team is just
4: buys all in to the process. Well, and I think I think there's a lot to be said for pitchers who want to be out there. It's like, yeah, cool, awesome, but like it also is really nice to have a pitcher who gets taken out and is like, all right, I trust this dude 100 percent to get this job done, and there's no doubt whatsoever. I, that can only help the, the mindset of the pitcher entering the game at that time too.
1: Great point. Great point, Jim. Um, wow. The Rays are going to the World Series. Have I said that yet? Woo. I mean, I would like to point out the
2: Rays just uh, tweeted a team photo and said, the most aesthetically pleasing team you ever no. did see. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, Let's man. go. You'll love to see it. I see. You'll love to see it. Um, shall we go around the Zoom and anyone wishing to, to share their, their final thoughts on, on this game and this series and this season up to this point? Who's who's gonna start us off? Let's get Brad. Let's
2: Brad go ahead. Brad, let's what are your thoughts Brad. on this win?
1: Oh, boy, um, well,
9: are we gonna see the Dodgers or are we gonna see the Braves? Right? Who cares? Uh, <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't <laughs> Who effing cares? We're going to the World Series for the first time in twelve years, and it's gonna be effing amazing. And this time, we're gonna win it. it.
2: All right, it. Matt Rayburn.
9: This gave me supreme confidence in Cash.
10: Even Fairbanks coming up, I felt a little scared for a second. I was, Brian, I was with you. I was the one calling for possibly glass now. I was feeling some flashbacks from the Yankees game, all those balls, scared. But Cash had supreme confidence in Morton and Anderson and Fairbanks and his game plan and the Rays. All the players had supreme confidence in him. It just makes me feel so good going into the World Series. Can't believe we're going. My 1st postseason game ever was last year. Game four against the Astros in the TROP and it was incredible. Uh, and uh, I can't believe we just beat the freaking Astros and we're on our way to the World Series. I'm so excited.
2: Brian Menendez.
5: <laughs> oh man. Um, I went to game two in 2008. The only game that the Rays won. Um, David Price got the save in that game um i'm not sure what other weird stuff is going to happen in this world series um but i'm hoping this time we come away with the w we can fly that banner and uh uh and um what's his name craig calcaterra can okay you know what
2: (laughs) all right all right him out (laughs) uh brett phillips dive bombing into our uh uh our our zoom here brett what's your takeaways
11: better late than never baby yeah (laughs) i uh went to game one of the 2008 world series uh where um the rays did end up losing and i might be making my way to uh to dallas a couple days who knows i am pretty close i live in new orleans right now so i might be making the 10 to 12 hour drive with a couple of friends so we'll see i mean if this if this game doesn't cement Randy, Rosa Arena in the pantheon of postseason performers i don't know what will i i don't know what y'all talked about on the i i was driving home i'm so i wasn't driving home i should make that clear i was driven home
1: <laughs> i was so after excited uh gosh you were on bro we need that does need to be yeah, after the it. last podcast,
11: i had to put some uh self-imposed limits on what i was and was not allowed to do uh <laughs> But yeah, just to see Randy Rosarena continue his success was one of the most satisfying parts of this whole uh this whole of this whole series.
4: Hey
5: Brett, really quick, can you flip your camera and show us what store you're in?
11: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've been in a store in New Orleans for, I want to say, four months now. Uh, I've been surviving mostly on whiskey and pork rinds. So if you guys want to send something my way, feel free. That's not normal. Uh, Mr. Lizzie. Uh,
0: So um, mostly I think the baseball world owes us a huge thanks because as the Rays were accepting their award and giving their little speeches, I was like, imagine this were the Astros and they would, first of all, just, just the idea that they would be there and then their sense of aggrievement and that they're, they're the ones who were wronged. It would just be, it would be a, the worst 15 minutes that MLB could ever have imagined. So, um, so to the baseball world, I say, you're welcome. And uh, 100%. welcome to the bandwagon.
2: <laughs> Definitely, love it. JT Morgan.
12: This game felt so much like the game five against the Yankees. Kevin Cash saves his pitching for when he needs it, but when he needs it, he will manage very aggressively and go for that win. And today went better than the script because I don't think they would have expected 5.2 and then having a choice of do we keep Morton in or not. They would have accepted four or five innings with the three-run lead at that time and handing it to the back of the bullpen and only needing two more guys to get through it. This, this was one of the scripts because not everyone's going to go cleanly, but this is the way the Rays win baseball games.
9: 100%. This was the ninety percent, right?
12: <laughs> yep.
2: <laughs> All right, uh, Jared. Jared Ward.
9: Um, you know, I,
6: I I welcome everybody to the to the Rays bandwagon, and I'm just. This was a classic raise game. Uh, we understood why Cash was making those decisions, uh, and it, the, trust the process. Really, and the process worked out, and it was it, it was a classic raise game, and I and I loved it. And we're going to the World
3: Series,
2: <laughs> Darby <laughs> Robinson.
3: It's this is just an amazing moment, and I and I said it earlier. I'm just so so freaking proud and happy about this team getting to continue, getting to make a legacy for themselves, right? We, we still remember the 08 run and the players that got us there. We still have those memories. But this is the time right now for new fans of the Rays, for old fans of the Rays, to create those legends. You know, that's, that's, what, it, that's what October Baseball is about. That's what it's all about. And so all of those moments, Aki stepping on second and jumping up into the air, now we have – we have like Margot catching the last out in in or jumping over the wall you know to to make one of the best catches in, in the the series you have Zunino like rising up you have Randy Arozarena coming becoming a legend becoming beating Evan Longoria's 08 uh, rookie home run record it this is such an amazing moment for these guys because they're about to just add to that legacy every moment has been a part of that legacy they've 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 done so much and i'm excited to see what more they get to do and how we remember them jim turvey
4: so before the game i was uh getting annoyed with tbs shockingly but they kept saying that the astros were going for history but that wasn't actually true because someone had a team has come from behind 3-0 before what no one team has ever done before is blow a 3-0 lead and then win game seven so one team did make history tonight it was the race i think that's low-key like i know we were confident in the slack today but like blowing a 3-0 lead and then winning game seven i think is going to be something that's looked at as as for decades and decades to come as one of the most impressive things that a a team can pull off and and did it it's awesome
11: Y'all might have been confident in the slack. I was panicking. I've been panicking <laughs> for the past four days.
4: <laughs> Jamal
7: Wilberg. You know the Rays are such a an organization that's so analytically based, but there's so many emotions that feel good about this year. Starting with the the Yankees and payback from the cat from from the the fastball at Brasso's head. Brasso hitting it out, then beating the the Astros here and getting back from last year. And I remember 2008 being a game two, like Brian, and all those hours into the morning. There's something else that I remember. I remember 2010, and I remember 2011, being in the Trop, watching the Texas Rangers spill champagne, beer, and ginger ale all over the Trop as they celebrated ending the race season. And now the World Series is in their brand new ballpark. (laughs) And there would be nothing better than to watch beverages get spilled, over their brand new house and christen it. So let's go raise. That was beautiful.
8: That was so beautiful.
2: Ian. Ian Malinowski.
8: World Series on its own is a hollow, meaningless symbol. Um, what gives it meaning is 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 the fact that it's the gatekeeper to history, the gatekeeper to to, to legacy. Um, People who have who have been with with this team who who have watched the regular season for 162 games or 60 games every year, you come away with with something of value in that team that you know and that you think should be remembered. And the the cold hard truth is that if you don't win the World Series, if you don't get there, if you don't do do, do something in the playoffs, that thing that was a thing of value does not get remembered. Um, Honestly, I can't remember a lot of the great things that happened in 2009 I can barely barely remember 2010 which was a very excellent year um, this rate these race teams um, as Darby said um, you, you get you get to this point you have the chance to to write the legacy for the things that have already happened um, um, there th- there is value on this team already um, some people haven't seen it um, some people are, are going are going to see it. Um, lots of people will end up remembering it because of the trip to the World Series.
2: Ian, I think you nailed it there. And I'm reminded of something that Brett Rutherford said either one or two podcasts ago. And it was a passing comment that struck horror and fear in me. And it was, uh, Brett, when you said that, man, if the Rays win this series, Randy or arena will be remembered. And I thought, they have to win. People need to remember Randy. People need to remember this moment. They need to remember the accomplishments of this team. Because Ian, just as you are saying, 2009? Where did you go? One of the best race teams of all times doesn't even make the playoffs because the Red Sox and Yankees go off. 2010? 2010? What about those wildcard teams who do nothing? Then you go into the mired Matt Silverman era. Eric Neander pulls the Rays up from obscurity into competitiveness. The front office gets pillaged by Vikings looking to stack their own front offices. And the players that are on the team today finally accomplish the thing that has eluded this franchise via the Astros uh, methods or not last year, uh, that mystery can remain an open question mark. But it is the time and place for legacy. It is a time and place for me to buy way too much raise gear that I don't need, that has World Series written on it. This is the moment. And what better year than a crazy pandemic ridden empty ballpark where everyone is stuck on their couches glued to their televisions welcome to tampa bay rays baseball we are going to make you watch defense we are going to make you watch very strange pitching performances we are going to make you watch a manager who makes aggressive moves and gives two craps about what you think about it it does not matter to mr lizzie's point where in the 20th century there were 13 pitchers ever who had a shutout going and were lifted in less than six innings and most of those were injury related. <laughs> this is just Tampa Bay Rays baseball. It's what we do. And we're going to freaking win. Mm.
1: Does
9: that leave me? It well, does, can we man. please win the world series with a pitcher on first base? Can I just throw that out there?
1: <laughs> I'd love it. I <laughs> <sighs> but uh, I've, I've said it a couple times, like 2008, last time they were here, I was nine years old. Um, was, that, was that the game against the Twins where they clinched, was that game one of the DS, game one of the CS. And uh, I don't remember like every single pitch. I, w- I was nine years old. Um, but never, never would I have imagined that, that 12 years later, um, I would be making content about their next trip to the World Series and doing this podcast. And we've been doing it every night. Danny and I have been on, in, in and every, every single one of you guys have been guests. Uh, I know when Jared was on, we were up until 2 a.m. almost doing that one. Um, it's, it's 1 a.m. Eastern now. Um, So thank you guys for being on, but what a ride this has been. And I just want to thank you guys for welcoming me into this community, uh, giving me a chance to to do this podcast and and, and thank you guys for, for being a huge part of it. And (laughs) these instant reaction podcasts, it's been a grind. It's been a nightly thing. And uh, I'm really glad we get to do at least four more. So the Rays are going to the world series and uh, let's have as much fun as possible guys. Let's go. Oh. Let's do it. All right. Let's do it, well, baby.
0: <laughs>
1: I think that's going to do it uh, for tonight's episode of the D-Rays Bay Playoff Podcast Series. Probably, not probably, definitely our longest instant reaction podcast. So thank you guys all for, for, for hopping on. Thank you to everyone for listening. If you want all of these episodes downloaded directly to your device, make sure to subscribe to our podcast feed. And make sure to head on over to draysbay.com to check out all of the great coverage from these amazing people on the podcast tonight uh, from this 2020 postseason run. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you after Game 1 of the World Series.
2: I hear they have good barbecue in Arlington.